Hey, I'm Kirsty. I'm AJ. We're two besties who grew up next door to each other and we've managed to stay friends even though we have almost nothing in common. So welcome to the How Are We Still Friends podcast, where two opposites look at what life's like on the other side of the fence. Hi, AJ. Hi, Kirsty. How are you going? Doing well. I'm glad we finally <laughs> got our greeting down after three attempts. Three so, attempts that we will and fortunately it was so complex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right this is going to be another fun episode I feel I think so and speaking of of greetings uh I'm I'm not so good at them in this particular situation I tend to get a bit tongue-tied and nervous but today we'll be talking about dating (laughs) so something that I had a bit of experience with as a teen but not Mm -hmm. so much as an adult and then Mm -hmm. you were a bit the opposite weren't you well I'm not entirely sure I've ever dated specifically yeah yeah I don't know if that that phenomenon has existed in my life this this episode will reveal all time will tell yes it might be open to interpretation it might it might so when do you have a first date a first date memory I think my first date that I remember was going to the movies with a boy I was dating in year 10 I think it was and we dated quote unquote dated for most of year 10 but yeah my first my first date was going to see the movie sorority girls do you remember that I do not it sounds terrible wait sure no it's bad it's guys dressed up as sorority girls I think that's all I really remember so I'm sure it's super problematic and and hasn't aged well at all Mm -hmm. I don't remember the movie uh, but I do remember that, yeah, the date was super sweet. Our parents dropped us off and picked oh. us up. And oh, yeah, well, we were little. We were, I was probably 10? 15, I think, in U10, I was because I, I was at school okay. early. So, mm-hmm. so it was pretty low key, pretty, pretty uneventful. I um, think I went on a few other dates with this guy. So, you know, your you usual like bowling and, <laughs> shopping and stuff like I've that I've never been on any of these dates I don't you understand haven't... shopping with a guy I don't understand how that's a date um well I guess at that point spending time together becomes a date does it not <laughs> I, I wouldn't I, I don't I don't feel like I would ever want to go shopping with a guy I just want to go shopping all the time though so okay, I that's had true. no issue that's I had true. no issues with who I was shopping with they fit yeah, into was... your life <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Still to this day, that is my philosophy about other people in my life. You fit into my life. <laughs> no, but um, but I mean, yeah, there was, this was dating in my mid-teens, so I have no idea whether that's normal or not. Um, do you, so you say you haven't really dated. Do you have any memory of what could be considered a first date with anybody? Or if not, tell me about your earliest quote-unquote date that you remember I think I remember my first date I there was a boy in high school this was my last two years of high school when I had returned to school and there was a boy I really really liked from the moment he arrived in the school about halfway through year 11 oh I loved him I loved him and I finally got my chance with him um, in the beginning of year 12 and we went to 
a restaurant around the corner, a cafe around the corner from my school. My school was very casual, so we were allowed to leave the premises at any time. So we went to a cafe for lunch. And all I actually remember about it is that there was one of those cigarette holders where you put the ash on top and then you press down and it spins and it releases mm. the ash inside. And I was so nervous. I I just was playing with it nonstop. I was like, what is this thing? And like, he was a big smoker. He was like a big everything. So he was like, that's like a cigarette dispenser. Um, and I just couldn't stop playing with it the whole time. I was so nervous. That's all I remember about the date was just this, the nerves and like just being really distracted with this cigarette spinner. <laughs> Not smooth. Wow, how romantic. Not smooth. I don't like the formality of dates in that, in that way. Suppose that's fair enough, but I guess a date is kind of what you make of it, no? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really like someone, you're probably going to be nervous no matter what you're doing or where you're going. Yes, that's true. But But I I mean, well, I mean, I guess once if we're speaking of that, after this this date, this this one boyfriend, I all of my relationships just sort of evolved very organically so we were just hanging out as friends there was never any implication that it was anything more and then we would just you know be watching a movie one night and we'd start kissing and then you know it was so it just all of my relationships since that first date have pretty much evolved in a really really natural fashion um so often I've gone on 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 outings with friends and afterwards gone oh was that a date I don't even know like if that was actually just a guy and a girl hanging out for fun or um I'm just gonna pop in here and say that doesn't happen guys and guys girls? and girls no well no. yeah but you've got to remember 90 percent of the time mm. no it can now I have I, I have oh I have one good guy friend who I would hang out with and I'm obviously married and he's got a long-term partner and we've been friends forever so that's not a thing but I don't think single guys and see, single I girls hanging out together in a travel sense and most of my relationships have occurred overseas um there is just a sense of when you meet someone and you want to do the same activities together you just do the same activities but so for example like uh in Bali um one time I went out to a party one night I met a guy there and he actually suggested that we go for a walk or quite a common walk um in Ubud and we went for a walk it was brilliant fun we went off the path and then had to scale down a ravine into the river and then use the river to guide our way back to town because we were completely lost and then we walked up we found some like overgrown stairs near the path and we walked up these overgrown stairs and found ourselves in some Balinese person's home and they gave us water and pointed us in the right direction and we went home but there was no like there was a continuation of friendship after that but there was no implications of it going anywhere else Okay, so maybe I don't have the travel thing. Maybe I'm not considering that, but I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced, honestly, because as you said, a lot of your dates or relationship relationships or trysts or whatever you want to call them have evolved from mm. you starting out being quote unquote friends with somebody, and then all of a sudden you're making out on the couch. So to me, that tells me that there's no like you can pick that one story where you've had a platonic relationship with Mm -hmm. a person that you Mm -hmm. 
kind of went on a date with, I suppose, but not really. But I, I don't, I think you would have more examples of you hooking up with single guys as opposed to you just being friends with single guys. No? Mm, no, I have a lot. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean I, I have never really done a tally but I would say that in terms of my travel experiences it would probably be 50 50 of like hanging out with guys maybe not 50 50 maybe a little bit more skewed towards guys that I was sort of seeing casually but um it wouldn't be a huge difference like yeah I don't know okay don't know. All right. yeah <laughs> I, I will I will I will walk back my judgment a little. It's not judgment. <laughs> I'll walk back my opinions a little. Yeah, yeah. But I would maybe say if you take the travel aspect out of it, if you were just here in Melbourne, for example, I, I. Oh, people don't date in Melbourne. People don't. But, people don't do things in Melbourne. Well, exactly. So the, my experience <laughs> with not really me, obviously, but with my friends, for example, my experience is that there's no just being friends if you're a single guy and a single no. girl or, and or I however actually, you identify and whatever your sexual identity yes. is. Um, I do I'm agree just, with that. Yeah. I do agree with that. And it almost seems a sort of when Harry met Sally sense of guys can't be friends with girls, like after a certain age, once, once it's really difficult to have male friendships now than it was in my 20s. I find it really difficult. And like I used to hang out with guys almost exclusively like I that just used to be I felt really comfortable in in their presence and I used to love it but it's like not really the done thing now you just don't once people are partnered up you just don't hang out with them anymore um but yes I do agree from my experience um Melbourne guys are maybe not just guys maybe I shouldn't shouldn't sort of classify it that way but uh, the dating life evolves exceptionally slowly in Melbourne like and and that I get immensely frustrated by and I think that's why I've always uh, enjoyed relationships more overseas Um, a because uh, certain nationalities once they've decided I like a girl or like a guy, they just go for it. Let's just like, let's just go and let's just go and talk to them, find out if they're available, ask them out for dinner. Like it, it's, it moves really fast and that's certain nationalities. And it's also the nature of travel because you have what could be a limited time together. You just, if, if you like a person, you just go for it. And I find that in Melbourne, it's very much, let's spend two years eyeing each other off across a corner of a room, analyzing their behavior and deciding how, if we like how they interact with various people and all that sort of stuff, forming a friendship. And then maybe this will become something else. And I have absolutely no problem with that, but a, when you stop having male friends and so you never form the friendship so that it never goes anywhere else, that's problematic. (laughs) And B, there was a B. What was the B? We lost the B. I think though, that's that's not my experience. And when I say my experience, I'm referring to my other friends' experience oh, because right. I'm clearly not experienced in yeah. dating. But for example, I know someone who is in their mid twenties, um, 
they started dating somebody during the big lockdown last year. So I guess dating online or chatting online. And then pretty much two months later, they kind of moved in together. I Okay, well, that was fast. Wow. I, I yeah. Look, I think what we have to acknowledge is that there is a, also there is a very big difference between online dating and offline dating. Mm, and because the thing is that with online dating, there is kind of an eventually you have to take it offline. Like, and most people want to take it offline pretty fast. And so you do go on your first date pretty fast. You decide pretty quickly whether you get on and it evolves quite, quite fast. But having said that, um, I mean, I hate online dating with a fiery passion. Um, And it takes a lot of mindless, senseless, pointless conversations to come across one person who is willing, interesting enough and willing to catch up. So give us a bit more information about your <laughs> online dating history then. I'm, I'm looking um, forward to hearing is... about it. <laughs> do I need to explain to you how online dating works, Kirsty? I mean, you know. You kind of do. I mean, I, I, mean, I have friends who've been yeah. doing it and I've occasionally grabbed a friend's phone and done some swiping Okay, um, right. on their behalf, not on mine. Although I'm not going to, I'm still picking what I would like. <laughs> oh, no, no. But. No, I, I, I don't know, but I have a, I have a close friend who is dabbling in online dating at the moment. And Mm -hmm. she's been sending me some of the messages, like some of the opening lines Mm -hmm. that guys will send to her. And oh my gosh, they're just horrifying. So misguided. And I'm so, so grateful. It makes me kind of hang on to Dens more tightly every day. Not necessarily because I love him, but just Mm -hmm. because I don't want an online date. (laughs) I mean, I I do love him, but. (laughs) Yeah. So I have dabbled in, in a few of the platforms. Before the pandemic, I couldn't get past the for me I couldn't get over the idea that online dating was you swipe a lot of people generate a lot of conversations and then talk to a lot of people it's a bulk numbers game yes what it is exactly so usually I was exceptionally fearful of is it the left swipe is the yes I don't know you're asking the wrong person no I I don't even know swipe right if you like right okay so the white I've got no idea so basically uh, I'm familiar with the left swipe because what I would do, and this is, this is, I'm not even joking. This was my habit would be, I would have this dating app open. I would swipe definitively no on all of the people who were definitively no. And when I came across a cute guy, I would swipe just to try and sneak a peek at the, the next guy, just to see if the next guy was cuter than the current guy. And, um, and, and then I would normally just close the app. And I was like, cool, cute guy. I would never swipe right on these people. Um, That's not how it works. No. Surely someone explained <laughs> the rules to you. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I look, I do have to be physically attracted to someone and in I just find online dating photos so pointless. I, th- You know, I think about the guys who I've been really attracted to in real life and they are not photogenic at all. Like if I'd seen their photos online, I would have just swiped no automatically. Um, and online I've swiped yes to people. Well, I've only done it once, but like I've seen how people present themselves online as well and been like I would have said yes to that, but I would have said no to the 
the real life version. So like I don't connect to the images at all. And that's that's what the game used to be about was just yes and no to the the first profile pick. Um, and so, yeah, I had this weird idea that as soon as I matched with one person, I couldn't really go and connect with other people because I'd already matched with one person. So like, oh, and, no. and the fear, the sheer fear of going on a date was so visceral. I was like, I did not want to match with anybody. So for a while it was just window shopping. Um, And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, hey, I'm off the hook. I don't actually have to meet any of these people. So I started doing it for fun. And this was on like the apps had evolved. Well, I don't know if Tinder had evolved, but some of the other apps had evolved to include like little bits of like conversation starters and things like that. So it was a little bit easier to have conversations with people. For the most part, it was still mind-numbingly boring like it's just I'm sorry but online dating is just ultimately exceptionally boring people it it, it makes me lose faith in humanity because people have no originality they have no ability to continue a conversation there's just no engagement there's no quick fire repartees it's really sad it's just a sad space (laughs) I think I think though you're definitely getting an uncurated Mm. selection Mm. of people and I think that's the problem is because in your life generally you would be engaging with people who can have a conversation and can Mm. you know yes um, and are witty and and then you get thrown into this this tub of just a Mm -hmm. mixture of Mm -hmm. in your case guys and you are just Mm -hmm. trying to fish around for someone who can actually do small talk even and also, it actually also comes down to what you're looking for because I had the biggest brainway, like biggest uh, insight uh, a little while ago when I was talking to my mum. And I was saying how for me, I actually, when I look at couples sometimes, I often sit there and go, what do they talk about? You know, like that's that, like I sit there and I'm trying to imagine what they talk about. And I, and I said to my mum, I was like, were you drawn to dad by the conversation? Because for me, if a guy's good looking, but the conversation's boring, I, I don't even notice him. But if he's even just mildly good looking, but the conversation is rapid fire and I go into deep conversations with him, I'm all in. I'm all, you know what I'm like. It's like, I love this person through and through because I can have this like really deep conversation with them. And my mom said, well, actually with my dad, she was just, she just wanted a protector. She just wanted someone who could protect her. And, you know, she was, she had a sort of rough childhood and she was uh, pushed out quite early and made to sort of make her own way in the world. And so my dad came in and he was willing to look up to, to be her protector. And that's what started the relationship. And of course there were things like they could eventually develop lots of deep conversations and that sort of thing. But that wasn't the beginning. And I was like, wow, for me, I wouldn't have even gone further. Like I would have been like, no, no interesting conversation. So I realized that so many in WhatsApp, WhatsApp, not WhatsApp, uh, Tinder, like these dating apps work for some people who are looking for things in guys other than conversation. But for me, that's what makes me fall in love with the guys. So they rarely work for me, but there was one. Tell us about him. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, when we were in our first lockdown, which I think was about six weeks or so, um, there was one guy I started talking to and 
the cut like I liked him because his texts were really long and they didn't come rapid fire I I hate conversations where someone texts you immediately and then you're like well shit it, they, it was literally immediate. They're going to know that I saw the text. Now I have to respond. God damn it. You know, so this guy <laughs> responded like once or twice a day and they were long responses. So they gave me lots of fodder for me to, to reply to. And so after the lockdown was over, we did catch up and I was, I used you as my getaway because we called up near your house. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I vaguely, vaguely remember, <laughs> yes. Actually, yeah, you came over afterwards, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I came over yep. afterwards. And so we met up and, oh, bless his soul, like for to start off with, he'd completely shaved his head, um, which was not in any of the pictures. But not only had he completely shaved his head, but he'd nicked it a couple of times. Oh, no, scabby <laughs> so, head. Yeah, scabby oh. head. And that was just really off-putting. <laughs> And I really didn't want to judge him on a scabby head. But alongside that, he was actually quite socially awkward. And Mm. bless his soul, he admitted that he would, in our conversations, he would have a little notebook and he would write down the ideas of what what he was going to tell me. And then, like, throughout his day, he would write down the ideas and then he would text me in one long text. And that is just this, like, that is just the sweetest, sweetest thing. But I just, his social awkwardness, like, he wasn't quick fire repartees in person and I wasn't attracted to him. (laughs) So after that, it it was an instant no like it was just like um maybe I should have given him another go I also deduced that his social circus circles were very different to my social circles Mm. um with it yeah I don't know how to say any of that without sounding like a snob but I was just like okay like this we, we have very different external lives that I don't think would be compatible um you know Mm. in any shape or form so that that one just died and that was it um pretty much that was like I was like cool I've actually tick well done me pat on the back I've gone for a date from uh from online dating apps I think it was confirmation I can do this I just don't want to do it I just don't care to do it and so like I just needed to go on one date to go cool it's not fear it's just I don't want it enough. So, well, then I think I know the answer to this, but an alternative for you then might be something like speed dating where you're actually kind of doing Tinder, but face to face. So you can (laughs) get the in-person attractiveness Mm. and you can get their conversation skills. Mm. You can get a feel for their conversation skills straight away. Have you ever thought of doing something like that? No, because when I was looking for, well, to be honest, there's a couple of things before the pandemic, I was traveling way too often. So I wasn't look. I was looking for a specific, a very specific type of person who could also travel the world without being tied to a job. So, you know, I, and, and going into spaces where those people were made it relatively easy to find people. Like I didn't really need to do any dating. There actually were speedy. I have a feeling there were speed dating sessions at my co-working space in Bali, for example, but I mean, it was, 
Well, I was actually just about to say, you need to design an app for people like you. (laughs) Digital nomad Tinder, basically. But you can match with people who also want to travel. Then you don't have to be like, see you in Melbourne. That is also true. That is also true. But I do think, oh, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, I had a conversation with a group of women just recently, actually. And I said to them, I'm not sure at this point if I will ever meet, you know, air, air quotes, the one. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to have a partner for life and I'm fine with that. And they went, oh, no, don't. He'll come. You just have to, you know, the, the one will come. And I was like, why do we need to reassure women? Oh, you're not going to be alone forever. I was really happy with that statement. It gave me no sadness. I was like, yeah, I get to travel the world. I get to pick my holidays on a whim without having to consult a guy. I don't have to compromise on my life. Like I'm in a good place here. You do not need to console me. But um, it's, it's like, you know, it's such a common thing when single people speak to people who have partners where they're like, oh, don't give up. Someone will come. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not looking and I don't care. So Mm. in answer to your question, I'm not looking. And I think I realized that at the start of the pandemic, I went, okay, why do I want a guy? You know, a lot of my travel in the past was honestly because I knew that Melbourne was just a suck hole for love and romance and sex and so I was like I need to get out of this city so I can go get it somewhere else (laughs) um (laughs) basically um and I did do a lot of my travel in pursuit of that that the one digital nomad guy who I could live my life with and then the pandemic happened and I had to kind of look at the fact of okay um as long as the pandemic's around dating life it might look very different or non-existent and how does that make me feel and it made me really look at why I felt like I needed a guy and what I wanted from a guy and I was sort of like okay well you kind of want a guy to support you to someone to live with someone to you know do xyz with and I was like all right well I can get support from my community. I don't, th- I, I don't actually believe that we all should just have one partner that supports us. Like that is such a tenuous situation that I would rather seek support from an entire community. Um, Your cult. My Are we cult. referring to exactly. again? Exactly. Yes. yes okay. My cult. Exactly. And they will honor me and revere me. And no, <laughs> um, you know, emotional support. Well, I go to my mom for that. I wouldn't, I, I, my, you know, I've, I've realized that from observing a lot of relationships that a lot of women do not get emotional support from their men. That's not actually where they go for emotional support. They go to external sources. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well, you can't, you can't actually rely on a guy for emotional support. And I've got emotional support in my life anyway. Um, financially yeah cool it'd be nice for someone to fund my fund my lifestyle you know my creative endeavors I suppose but there are ways around that too like there are ways for me to do that I have a supportive community again that will you know be there for me to support me in various ways in that regard um uh, they were I went through everything and I was just like actually one thing after another oh someone to do things with I've got people tick done. I've got people to do things with Um, someone to have sex with. Mm, I do pretty well of that on my own. Like it kind of just, I, 
I just kind of eliminated the need for a man altogether. I was just like, you know what? I One man is not going to serve every need. And if one man isn't going to serve every need, then you can actually get every need from a whole host of a community rather than just one person. And I, I really liked that idea. Good point. But you can still have a person who fulfills most of those needs and then have your community for the remainder of them. I mean... I don't think that, so like I get my emotional support from Dens. He is Mm. just my sounding board on a day-to-day basis. He Mm -hmm. cops it all and he provides me with honestly the best feedback that I get from anybody. It's, It's honest. He knows when to tell me, you know, when to help me fix this situation. He knows when to just shut up and let me whinge about something and just be there, you know, Mm -hmm. um, obviously uh, my one and a bit children are proof that um, I'm getting that need fulfilled. Um, <laughs> what but, need? What and, need exactly was that one? Uh, I, I will not comment. Uh, but he's he's also my person to do things with, and I. But I also at the same time have friends for that mm. as well. So it depends on what mm. the thing is. Um, so I don't know. I kind of disagree. I wonder if it's because we've ha- like we have very different opinions on this because we've had very different experiences. True. You've almost always been single. I've almost always had him. And that's just the way that our relationships have kind of evolved. Okay. You are, you are a bit of an exception to the rule, I think, but at the same time, I do think that when anybody makes one person their all person, they neglect everyone else in their community. And that's maybe a really jaded view to have, but I could count so so many friends and lost friends on my hands because we were really good friends and then they got a partner and suddenly they and even just through my observation it wasn't just that I lost their friendship they lost so many other people's friendship you know they did seek their catch-all in this one person and I just whether that works or not I don't subscribe like I don't want that like I don't want mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have one person who is my catch-all because mm-hmm. I want to be surrounded by many people who serve my needs rather than one person. Just because I don't, you know, I mean, I, and funnily enough, I've grown up with parents who are devoted to one another and, you know, um, who have been around for everything, but I don't ever, I, I have such an idea of, well, you don't know that, that person will be around forever. And if you put, you know, all your eggs in this one basket, then you're screwed if that basket has a hole in it and all the eggs fall out. (laughs) An analogy. I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And I probably, well, I definitely agree that one person shouldn't be your everything. Um, but I also don't agree that there's only one person that can com- that can fulfill each of your those areas of need. Like that, you only need one person to be your emotional. Oh no, I don't think that, that you too. only need. You know, so yeah. like my my if we're going to the to the category of someone to do stuff with, sure, I do stuff with dens depending on what it is. But I do love to do stuff mm. with my friends as well. And I mean, granted, you and I have um, not had much. <laughs> many outings recently Mm -hmm. um but you know I do like to try to make sure that I'm 
catching up with friends. You know, my last birthday, I left Dens at home and I got my girlfriend's I know, it was awesome. in the escape room. Yeah, that was my favorite thing. You but know, I've so. always seen you as an exception to the rule. I've always seen you. Like uh, most people that I observe ne- start neglecting the rest of their yeah, communities okay. when yeah, they fall in love. And from like, I'm, obviously I can make an, a, a commitment not to do that. But I think just realizing that, wait, what I'm looking for in a guy can be fulfilled by other people. It's suddenly like, it's not like, I mean, do you ever go on a search for your one bestie? You know, like, do you mm. ever go on your, no, like, we never go on searches for that one, you know, whatever. So why, if if all of my needs can be met by a non-romantic relationship, and let's be honest, romance messes with my head. Like, I don't need the emotional turmoil. It sure like, does. Yes. I've been there for enough of those. Exactly. Like, I have severe attachment issues, and so I don't even know that, like, sure, you can sort through them with a guy, but I don't necessarily know that that's a healthy place for me to be in anyway so Mm. unless someone is really unless I just randomly came across someone who was important enough for me to sort through those issues and to be with I'm just really happy on my own you know but is that is that quite freeing to realize that and is that a recent realization for you as well yes I would say that up until 2020 the start of 2020 I would cry rivers of grief absolute rivers of grief that as I saw it I had never had anyone aside from family fall in love with me so it really got this sort of notion stuck in my head of I'm unlovable like if you have to love me because you're family then I you can love me but if you meet me it's it's not possible to fall in love with me do you count Kirsty? she's got where, her hand where raised. do I fall where do I fall do I fall in the family because I've been in love with you for 30 plus years so where does that fall <laughs> well actually it was in Ubud when I was with um, a community in Ubud of people and I created a very close friendship with someone and she always we would be on phone calls we would voice message one another we would text one another and she always ended everything I love you so much and that for me was like oh I like okay that's you know I have it took me a lot it took me until after I had this realization that I don't need a guy to go hold on you have forged deep friendships you know yeah that's and yeah what you're looking that's that's the love it's that's yeah exactly exactly and so and that like has died down because just naturally from COVID and not being able to travel I haven't been able to see for and so so we've just stopped talking but that never was a rejection or you know she fell out of love or anything like that it was just she was there when I needed her she loved me when I needed that love and you know it was just beautiful. Um, but it was rivers and rivers and rivers of grief that I had not found the one that society said I was meant to find. And that people told me, just wait, you'll find the one. Don't give up hope. It was such an expectation on me that I had to be partnered up. And sort of, you look at my family and you look at my 30 plus cousins on one side of the family and I don't know 15 to 20 plus cousins on the other side of the family and almost in chronological order they met their partners and married and then it got to to me and it sort of just skipped right over me and sort of went on with it and it was really hard to sort of go everybody finds their one so how why am I not finding it why am I not why am I not 
getting there. But in truth, I wouldn't have pursued the digital nomad lifestyle. I don't do well creatively when I'm surrounded by others. My creativity is stifled. I'm actually most creative in terms of like writing a book, which is ultimately what I want to do. That muse comes to me when I'm entirely alone. And so like, even if I had a partner, if I could ever get that writing lifestyle up and running, I'd be like, hey, mate, I'm going to go write a book for three months. I'm going to go to our rainforest retreat and just disappear. Don't talk to me for three months. Okay, bye. I love you. You know, like <laughs> I, I want to be independent now whether someone chooses to join me on the rest of my journey with my life. I mean, so many people have, you've chosen to join me on my journey for always for now. Exactly. So like, I just, people come to you in your life when you need them. And sometimes that's romantic flings and sometimes that's deep friendships, but I just don't need one consistent man anymore. It helps disclaimer. It helps that I don't care about having children. That's, yeah, that's probably a good point too. Mm. Um, But I wonder, does that mean you are not open to dating now? I am always open to dating. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not. You're not looking, I'm not open. open. I'm not open to dating, but every time I ever meet someone, I'm always open to, you know, like if if I had a friend, like I, I went out a couple of, months ago now I went out um and I went out for dinner with friends and there was another single guy there and it felt a little bit like is this like is this yeah are you guys sort of scheming here but the truth is I did hang out with this guy the whole time because everyone else was so caught up in their partners and their babies that we just naturally sort of gravitated towards one another and like no there were no sparks flying or anything whatsoever if I met that guy again you know, like I'm open to the possibility that a relationship can arise from anywhere. I'm really open to that, but not at the sacrifice of my lifestyle and my desires. Mm. Like I have a friend who uh, has a partner and this girl, he lives in Melbourne. She lives in the UK. And, um, he has told me outright when he was dating her, he told me outright that he wasn't sure he ever wanted to share an apartment with her. Like he always, even if they're together for the rest of their lives, he would like them to have separate apartments and their separate spaces. Um, and then COVID happened. And because of the distance, they sort of broke up for a little while and now they're back together again. But it is very much I'm traveling the world. I'm going to be here, there and everywhere. You're welcome to join me. Come and join me for any part of my life and I'll come and join you for any part of your life. But we pursue the lives that we want and we meet where we can. And I love that. My neighbours next door, um, oh, that's tautological. Um, my neighbours, the girl's parents, one of them lives in Melbourne and the other one flew to Switzerland at the start of the pandemic to live they're still together. They still love one another. Just one of them decided, you know what? I really like Switzerland and I want to live there. And the other one was like, I really like Melbourne. I want to live here. I love that independence, but it's really hard to find people. Mm. A, it's really hard to find other guys who love that independence. And B, um, I have a, a severe attachment disorder. And so probably I lose that independent spirit as soon as I meet someone I want to be with forever. So yeah. mm. <laughs> gosh, that's hard. I, I, 
I can't help but feel like that when you're on your travels one day, you will kind of just find someone, not because you're looking, not because you mm. need someone, but I do feel like you're, this is going to sound horrible. You're not that unique. Like I love you. <laughs> I love you to pieces. You're not that <laughs> unique. There's a lot of people who like the same kind of lifestyle that you do. And mm. you know, people, mm. you're just, you were just, you just rattled off three or four who, you know, mm. in your circle that yep. are fine to have a lifestyle like that. So you may still find some, or you, I mean, someone, the thing is though, you may not. Uh, the thing is I have, there have been at least three guys in my life that I have been willing, to, willing to drop everything and move to their hometown. If they had said, yes, let's do this. Like I have been deeply in love and I have loved, like I have loved someone. And it's amazing. Cause when I do feel it, I go, wow. Like I have so much love to give. Um, it's kind of a shame that I think that I have to just reserve it all for boys, but, um, like I have been, I have had that situation multiple times where I've been like, this is my person, but they, for whatever reason, it just didn't, didn't transpire. So I don't really believe in that. I believe I might come across someone for whom there's a spark and we unite for a while. And if that for a while happens to be 10 years or two years or two days, then I welcome it. But I'm I'm no longer looking for this one person I'm going to spend my entire life with. Don't you think that like the like retirement homes just me they're just like hostels for 20 year olds but you know like everybody's suddenly single again it's like free for all all over again I just gotta wait long enough that sounds amazing I love that that's your plan for romance is waiting to get into a retirement home (laughs) maybe a living village one of those retirement living villages where everyone's still able to actually like live in their own houses yeah you've only got like 20 years to go (laughs) that's it excuse me what you think I'm gonna be in a retirement home in my 50s over 55s <laughs> lifestyle living <laughs> mm. don't oh you goodness. that's when I'm going to be the leader of my cult oh of course right yeah. well you can be an over 55s cult <laughs> that's true that's true you don't even <laughs> oh my gosh a retirement village will just fulfill all of the things right? that you wanted out of your cult and out of right. your living situation <laughs> you don't even have to build one they're everywhere <laughs> And can you imagine, like, how many guys I can be with for the rest of their lives? Like, you know. <laughs> That's so morbid. I want to be with so many guys who will die. That's, I want to see how many I can collect. Pokemon, got to catch them all. I will be the love of the last of their lives, you know. <laughs> okay. On that note, I'm going to wrap us up here because oh. I'm concerned about the direction in which we are going. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree. So if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook, I believe, at Mm -hmm. Still Friends. Still Friends Pod. Pod. Yep. Still Friends Pod. There we go. And we would love to do a listener Q&A episode soon. So can you please, everybody who's listening, all five of you, can you please reach out to us on mm-hmm. social media? Multiple questions. West, yeah, a question <laughs> or 10 that you might like us to answer. And it can be literally anything, anything you want to know about us, mm-hmm. anything you would like to hear our opinions on. Um, there are no taboo topic, to topics no. either. No taboo topics. If Kirsty's uncomfortable with answering something, I will be an open book. <laughs> 
<laughs> pretty much I'm just not going to talk about my sex life. Apart from oh, that. Oh, she you, said the you, word. Ah, <laughs> apart from that, you're going to get most of most of me as an open book. So, yeah, just not, I'm not talking about that when I've got family who listen. <laughs> All right. So shoot us up on uh, Still Friends. Don't pod. shoot us up. Shoot us up. <laughs> She's lost the plot. Uh, hit us up. I mean, it means it's, uh, it's equally violent. I suppose. I've never heard shoot us up other than. <laughs> That's true. Hit us up oh non-violently on Still Friends Pod and ask us all your questions. <laughs>